Hello, welcome to Serenity Wellness Podcast. My name is Nicole White, and I'm here to help you build your wellness toolbox for mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. Welcome to episode 64, Sacred Reciprocity. Thank you for being here with me today, and mounds of gratitude to those of you who've recently sent me donations. I really appreciate your kindness. Thank you. I know in these episodes, I haven't talked much about energy. I am an integrative mental health and energy therapist, and some of the tools, although I haven't highlighted the energy aspect of them, they also assist with our energy body. In today's episode, sacred reciprocity has a bit to do with the collective energy. And I'm gonna talk a bit about some other things before I talk specifically about sacred reciprocity. When you're thinking about energy, you might notice how you yourself are aware of different energy vibrations and perhaps have never identified it to be that. If you've ever walked into a room after someone was in an argument, you might feel the tension in the air or perhaps been in a space where people were experiencing worry or anxiety or even trauma and felt a bit of a shift in your own body related to the energy they were experiencing with their emotions. That would be an example of collective energy, the consciousness that vibrates through us, but also beyond us, and the exchange it has with everything around us. Right now, there's a collective energy of trauma and fear running quite deeply across the globe. Here in the United States, since we have opened, there has been a vast escalation, if that's even the right word, of mass shootings and some police murdering people, more specifically our black community. Every day, it seems we're waking up to hear about another shooting, like today, waking up to learn about another mass shooting. Yesterday, learning about a young child at the age of 13 whose life was taken by a police officer. There's so much trauma that we are all experiencing and it varies depending upon who you are and your own personal experience, the community that you live in, and also generational threads. Some individuals have had to go through generations upon generations of trauma. And the experience that that has can be very profound. None of us can really say how someone should or shouldn't process their emotions. We only know what's on the surface. And even then, we often don't know. The pain that's underneath, the fear and desire to just feel safe in everyday life without having to fear that your life might be taken. What I'm going to share today is from personal and professional experience. I know that 
people might look at me and think I haven't experienced racism because I'm white and that might be the case for a lot of people who look like me. I also try to be very mindful of how much of my personal information I share on this platform due to trying to respect other individuals in my life who were touched or hit by some of my own experiences. But I will share just a tiny bit of the racism I myself have experienced. My daughter is Filipino and I got pregnant at a very young age. If you listen to my introduction, uh, episode one, you know a bit about this story. But what you don't know from that story is when I got pregnant, I had several family members who processed it in a very racist way, who were actually in hair salons and things in my community talking about me, this young 17-year-old who's pregnant by a non-white person. Even more heavily, my father at that time thought it would be great to disown me and didn't come to the hospital or anything when I had my daughter. Over time, he worked through that some and built a relationship with her, but we're definitely not at that place anymore in my life as I've been disowned by him multiple times, often for me standing up for the rights of other people and his mindset. In addition, another very heavy and dangerous story and I will just say my daughter has her own story around what she experienced but that is her story to share not mine but a few years after I had her I randomly decided to go to college I really don't know how I got there as I explained in my first episode no one in my family went to college or talked to me about it my guidance counselor told me I would just end up on the streets of Coatesville and not make anything of myself uh, so that wasn't really helpful either but I just kind of woke up one day and somehow made that happen I re- honestly looking back I still really don't know but at the time so this was like 1996 I started going to the Delaware County Penn State campus and I was no longer in the relationship with my daughter's father, but he was into cars and uh, car shows and things like that. So I had a car that was detailed and had rims. I wasn't really into any of that, but you know that was something that he gave me to make sure I had transportation for my daughter, even though we weren't together. So I was there, I was in classes, and I came out, I had two very close friends. One, Andre is his name, grew up at the other end of the street of my grandmother. So we kind of grew up together, beautiful family he comes from. And another friend who I met through Andre on campus who ran the school newspaper. So they would often walk with me to classes, both black men, So one day I came out to my car. I had this white Toyota Corolla with rims and there was a note on my dashboard, window, shield, whatever. And it was some type of passage 
some white supremacist passage from some kind of book. I have no clue. Some white supremacy book. And it had this passage and it had like the page number and everything from this book. And that was the first letter. And I was kind of like, obviously shaken up a bit, but wasn't, you know, I, I talked with uh, my two friends about it. And then the next time I was on campus, I, again, we walked out to my car and there was another one and anxiety went up. I reported it and then I left campus and started driving home. And luckily there was a garage that was raped pretty much after pulling out of campus because as I started driving, my car started making some really weird noises. So I pulled into the garage and they informed me that someone had undone all of my lug nuts and that had I not pulled in that my tires, once I got on the highway would have probably all come off and who knows what would have happened to me because I was walking around with two good friends and some white supremacists on campus didn't like that. The police got involved, it was in the newspaper, they never found out who did it, and time went on. I sadly have multiple other stories, but I will just share those two for this platform and just to again, help understand that my information comes from personal experience as well as professional. Working as a therapist and in the mental health field for over 20 years, I've worked with lots of individuals suffering from collective and generational trauma due to racism. It's painful. And the reaction cycle we can get into is also painful. Even here in the community I currently live in, if you go to the comment section of the newspaper on certain articles, you get to see very clearly how rampant racism still is in our society. When we're thinking about how people are processing emotion and the energy behind it, you can imagine how we have a tank inside of us and that tank can get really full like a pressure cooker or a dam breaking that might just have a small crack and then all the pressure against it suddenly breaks it and the water comes flooding out or the tank gets so full that the top bursts out or creates an explosion. When we have very large explosions of our emotion, it's often because our tank is full. We don't know where to go or what to do anymore because the hopeless, helpless cycle becomes so elevated that fear can often escalate into anger and rage. When we think of collective energy, we each can do something to try to change the energy around us, to try to make a difference with this other energy that's going on that's creating divide and hatred and death. With our emotions and how we process things and how we go about things, how we individually can help make change. The nature of reciprocity 
is about a give and take. When we give, we often will receive something back. The nature of giving is not about the expectation of receiving back. When we genuinely just give, the energy will come back to us on its own. Maybe not in that moment, maybe not even by that individual that we have given to. But the energy we put out in loving kindness, unconditional, positive regard, empathy, compassion, putting out a helping hand to those in need whose tanks are too full. We make a difference. And the reciprocity, the give and the take creates balance and harmony. When there is not expectation around it. If we are giving with expectation, just think of all that that includes. Resentment, disappointment, control, judgment, energetically, what comes back to you then? With sacred reciprocity, this goes beyond maybe what we can fathom in our intellectual mind for some. We don't have to intellectually understand things for them to be. So take what fits for you with this, but I find it very important to share with what is going on in the collective. The overwhelming emotions people are feeling right now in collective trauma. And for many, they haven't gotten away from the trauma yet. So the healing can't even start. When we're in trauma, when we're still in the war, the wounds are still open, bleeding. We have to have safety and security to feel safe enough to slow down to start healing. So reciprocity and sacred reciprocity. When we think of reciprocity again, it's the the give and take exchange with non-expectation. How when we're in that energy, that energy will come back. Sacred reciprocity is about universal energy universal consciousness, the energy of the divine, whatever language resonates for you personally. Again, cognitive intellectualizing it isn't important. So whatever word fits, place it. But the concept is about what are we down here on the earthly plane creating as a collective energy? What is the balance and what's getting pushed up to higher consciousness or that universal consciousness or divine energy? What is the energy that we're throwing up as a collective if every day we're increasing our hatred and murder, which is increasing collective trauma and rage? 
what we individually can do is start creating the ripple of change. As we work on ourselves, we assist all around us, including the more in unison collective change begins to happen to get into this energy of compassion, empathy, offering a helping hand with no expectation back, assisting others whose tanks are too full, that ripple spreads. It goes beyond you. It goes beyond that person you're helping. So many are suffering and just trying to find safety in their life, trying to figure out how to manage the hardship, the suffering, and their own emotions, and often their own mental health around all of it. If we ourselves have trauma and traumatic experiences continue to unfold around us, it also reminds our own body of our trauma. So we might even find our own emotions really elevating and our own tanks suddenly getting very full. And that would be where we want to make sure we're practicing self-care. We're giving ourselves grace with our emotions. What's the energy we ripple out? How do we help ourselves even when the tank is getting full. I can tell you my response now to trauma is much different than when I experienced it in those two stories I shared with you. Back then, my tank was so full. I would really easily slip into rage. I was taught through my life how to be good at anger, at passive aggressive behavior. I had to unlearn all of that and relearn something different, which meant also regulating my own system, figuring out when my blood pressure and my body goes from zero to 100, what can I do to bring it down? It doesn't mean it's easy, but we all have this capacity within us. It's just important to try to understand that for some people, their tank is so full. So what ripple can you start to create? What can we do as a collective to change the balance of what we're sending up to the universe? Because that balance is what brings sacred reciprocity what energy are we sending up as a collective impacts the energy that comes down from the universe, just like our individual reciprocity. So let's try to work together and change the ripple. Thank you for sharing space with me. I hope this helps for you to think about what you might be able to do in your own daily life and how to create more space around your own heart as well. Stay tuned, stay well, 
and thank you my friends talk to you soon